Um, so anyway, what he was giving me is been something that I've been pondering on for a long time. And it had to do with Samson. So I told him about this. And you don't mind I'm sitting because um, I just don't want to get out of breath, okay? And um, so it's kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah, I did this one Wednesday night, and it went pretty, it went pretty well. So anyway, um, so Tim, Tim just kind of, you know, was telling me about this, this song, and I was watching, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. And I thought, you know, I don't want to ruin the anointing, but it just kind of fit right in because, you know what, it's good for the kids to see it and for everybody to laugh, you know. Because, listen, the, the, the season that we're in right now is the season that God talked about. Jesus Christ himself, who is God. Jesus is God, okay. He's God. He's God that came and was manifested in the flesh. And um, he's the one who spoke about the season that we're living in now, perilous times. And it's, it's not always uh, fun. <laughs> Amen? Amen. And yet, though, he knew these times were at hand for us. And he knew that we would be born in such a time as this that he gave his Holy Spirit and his anointing to us. We have everything available to us that we need and that we're going to need. Remember this. I was going through the back of my Bible, and I write in notes in the back of my Bible. And I have a note back there that says, where there is fear the presence of faith is absent where there is fear the presence of faith is absent now I want to say this that faith um, is something that comes by the word of God and it's only going to come by the word of God only okay it's not going to come any other way and um, if you're trying to pray for faith, and I've had people that have asked me over the years, please pray that I would have more faith. And I would look at them, and I would say, well, what are you doing to increase your faith? I'm praying and asking the Lord, but I don't seem to be getting it. And I said, faith doesn't come that way, even though we can ask him as long as we're in the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Yes. Come on, now you know me. I like you guys to shout back at me, okay? So you have freedom to do that. Amen. Amen. <sighs> okay, love this. Love that. And Samson. And it says you have been anointed. Hallelujah. So before we start, I want you to do this. I want you to just to agree with me in prayer, okay? And we'll see how far we go. And I need my, my I need my own phone. Can you get it for me, please? Go ahead. 
So I'm going to see how far I can go, guys, and um, see how far we can go in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm excited about Bobby Jean coming in next week. <coughs> Bobby Jean's whole message, guys, is um, on the kingdom of God. She told us that she was only going to go to the churches that are kingdom-minded. God told her that. God spoke that to her, that are kingdom-minded, not their kingdom, not churches that are trying to build their kingdom. And it's all about them. But at churches that are kingdom-minded, and that extends to every part of the earth that we see that the kingdom of God is righteousness it's holiness and it's reaching people and people groups that's what the kingdom of God is to allow the kingdom of God that's in us to live through us so that we can establish that wherever we go. Amen? Amen? And there's no big me in the kingdom. The only big me, and I shouldn't even say me, the only big him is God himself. And guess what? God's not about himself. He's not about him because he created us, and he wanted to have children, and we're all his children. And how wonderful that is, knowing all the boo-boos and mistakes that we've all made in life, and he still loves us and perseveres with mankind. Isn't that wonderful? That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. And having a love and reaching out to people in love, not pointing the fingers, not being critical, not tearing people apart, is the kingdom of God. Knowing what's right and doing what's right is the kingdom of God. Not associating yourself and hanging out and becoming buddy-buddy with the world, you know, not doing those things is the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at some things here. What I started to ponder on... And I don't know how far it went back, but I, I remember um, I just felt from the Spirit of God to go to Samson and start reading Samson. And I thought, you know, pondering over the past several years, why has the church gotten so weak? Why do we have to pray for a revival for the church? <laughs> Come on, hello. Anybody want to say hello with me? Say hello. Hello, yeah, hello. Why are we praying for revival for the church? Because the church got weak. And we've compromised. And God doesn't compromise. And when we compromise, he's not going to join us in that compromise, okay? So we're praying for an outpouring of the Spirit, but the outpouring of the Spirit is on the lost, but revival's for the church. 
because revival is reviving something that was already there. So our first love needs to be revived. Amen? So I thought about it, and I was, I've been pondering about this. And I just thought, Lord, and, and my heart so much cries out to the church to come into the place that for such a time as this, that we come into that place, okay? That we're not weak. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Hello. Say hello back to me. Hello. Yeah. Will he find faith? What kind of faith? Faith that can move mountains. Faith that has action behind it. Faith that's advancing. Faith that's taken hold of. Faith releasing the miraculous power of God. Faith moving in supernatural signs and wonders. And people that teach against that, I want to say this right now, that's a doctrine of demons. I'll be plain as can be. Because when you teach against those things that I've mentioned and say they were for a certain time, it's not for now, then, gosh, we might have all missed the rapture or something happened, or we might have missed the second coming. I don't know. Who said that? It negates the Holy Ghost. You, Tim? It negates the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost was given. And I love this. Let me go to. So I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit, and I didn't even pray. Father, we just thank you for your spirit that lives and abides within us. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us this day, that you would impart to us the very things that are needed within us. And you're building a strong structure in every one of us, that you would revive us into these very dear, precious truths. And Lord, that we're being changed from glory to glory. I yield myself to you, Holy Spirit. And I ask you for your anointing to help me bring this forth, that which you have given to me. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Acts 2. Um, uh, Ridge, if you can put this up. Now, let me see where I want to go here. Um, Acts 2 and verse... I love it. Acts 2, verse 15. And um, let's try it in the New King James. Yeah, let's try it in the New King. Don't you wait. Don't move. Stay right there. For these men are not drunk as you imagine, for it is only the third hour about 9 o'clock in the morning, and they all got filled with the Holy Ghost. Nine o'clock in the morning. And then it goes on. Let's bump down to the next one. But instead, this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. You know how many years ago that was? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
your job. Hundreds of years before. God spoke, Jesus spoke himself probably a little over 2,000 years ago about this time that we're living in. His word remains true. His word has been established. And let me see here. Uh, go to the New King James if you could, this, okay? When it, okay, that's first. Okay, let's go to verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice because others were coming. They were mocking those that were that were drunk in the spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues, recognizing the language that they were speaking because it was of their language. And. They were all filled with the new wine. See, church, we need to be filled with the new wine. That's legal to drink. Okay? That's legal for every one of us, and yet we don't. Because it takes faith to drink it. Thank you, hon. It takes faith to drink it. And faith, or, or the new wine, makes you happy. And it brings you into a place, because it's the Holy Ghost, that you're partaking of. And it brings you into a place where you are stress-free. Amen? And it brings you into a place where the wine that's in the world offers you nothing compared to the new wine of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing the world can offer us after you've tasted of the Holy Ghost. Amen? That cures everything. And if you're not tasting of the Holy Ghost, you might end up compromising with the world. Amen? So... People that have, now listen to me, I say this because I know others in here, but people that stay in a place of staying that they have addictions, then they don't have an understanding of the freedom that was paid and bought for them on the cross of Jesus Christ and when the Holy Ghost was poured out upon us, amen, and upon the early church. And that was to be carried on from generation to generation because we're set free then. Why? Because we're in his presence, we're in his word, faith is increasing, and we're drinking of the Holy Ghost. I was just telling a story to somebody, I forget who it was, but um, it was this week. And I was just talking about this, that we had um, uh, one time, one of our services, somebody started laughing and it just kind of started, it was like a, do a domino effect, and people were just getting, you know, drunk in the Holy Ghost. They just started laughing, and they didn't know why they were laughing. We've had people that walked into the service and never saw such a thing, and they were laughing, and they thought, why am I laughing? They were embarrassed because they thought that they were doing something that they shouldn't have done, and yet the Holy Ghost in this place 
If you're laughing, it's legal. Amen? There's freedom because the Holy Ghost is here. Amen? And we give him full reign, freedom in the spirit. Just don't interrupt me, though, you know? (laughs) If I'm in the spirit, please don't interrupt me. Because that's the place where I want to stay. Amen? And sometimes interruptions come when I look at somebody's face and they still have like this sour look on their face. And they're trying to figure it out. And they're, they're being offended by what's going on because they have a religious spirit. Amen? I don't even know why this isn't even part of my notes. Holy, holy moly. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. But don't interrupt me with your criticism and your critical face and your look because I'm drinking of the new wine and I might just burp on you. And if I burp on you, I might fall on you and you might get full of the Holy Ghost. What a wonderful thing. Amen. God knew exactly what we needed. And he knew what the early church needed. Because, um, yeah, that can be a little distraction for me. Just, yeah, thanks, though. I love him. He's a cutie pie. But I want to tell you this. I, I, you know, for, for such a time as this, back in the early church, is the same thing that we need today. It's no different. No different. Say no different. No. Why? So we don't compromise. Why are we praying for revival? Because of the compromise. We fell asleep. We're not excited. We're not coming to church with an anticipation to receive from God. We're not hearing from God. Can I say this? You guys might not like this, but that's okay. Be careful that the world is not dictating to you, especially with all the social media. Be careful about all the social media that you put in front of your eyes and all the time that you spend with that instead of the word. Be careful with this emphasis all the time, and please understand me that you have to have an education and you have to keep going to college and college and college and college. And listen, I am not against college. I have grandkids that are in college. But if that is the emphasis and it's pulling you away from you building your faith up in the word of God and you not not compromising and you find yourself that you are spiritually getting dry, you better be careful. It's a whole new way of thinking anymore, church. I knew a man by the name of Oral Roberts who only had a third grade education and built a huge university and a hospital. Third grade education. There's many of them around because they yielded to the Holy Ghost. Billions of dollars he was responsible for, but the Holy Ghost. Amen? 
don't underestimate the Holy Spirit in you. Don't ever underestimate that. He's wonderful. You're not going to know him overnight. You're going to have to walk the walk and do the journey to get to know him. You're going to have to allow yourselves and others to make mistakes to get to know him. And that's what happened to Samson. Samson is a type to me of where the church is at. I know the church is coming out of it because there's a promise with Samson at the end of his life. And maybe some of you never read through Judges. When I first read Judges, when I was a young Christian, I thought it was the Book of Mafia. (laughs) I never saw so much killing, slaughter, and everything else. Never saw it. And I thought, oh my gosh, God's a loving God, but he's a just God. And sin is sin. And don't taunt the nation of Israel. Don't do it. And we are part of Israel because we've been grafted in. Amen? We were Gentiles. We were pagans at one time. But we've been grafted in. Glory to God. I'm cold. Is this place cold? Is it? Yeah. Can we just bump it up, guys? Because my hand is kind of freezing up here. Y'all, sure, please. Thank you. Um, Okay. So, in it, we're going to look at Samson, and we'll see how far we go. And I'm not going to read through all of Samson. It's only a few chapters, guys. You can do it tonight and just join in with, the, with what God is doing, okay? And I believe that God will show you things even concerning your own life or what he's doing in the body of Christ, okay? And, but he loved Samson. He loved him. No matter if Samson messed up, no matter who messes up, look at Peter. Foot and mouth disease, Peter loved him. Loved him. But who loved him? Jesus. And he even prayed for him before he denied him and told him he was going to deny him. And he prayed for him that Satan wouldn't take him. Amen. Man, if I want an intercessor on my side, it's my great high priest, Jesus Christ, who's of the Melchizedek order. I want him on my side. Amen? Study the word. Know who's on your side. Know who's in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Know who's in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah, the Holy Ghost, the Holy One lives inside of us. Wait, you guys didn't get that yet? The Holy One lives inside of you. 
He lives in me. Holy one, you live in me. You know, when I had the accident with the hand, found out about my heart before the accident, and through that time, the songs we were singing today, even in the darkest hour, I've had dark hours. This is a very dark hour for me. And through that time, I had, God takes these opportunities. When fear is trying to dictate to you, the Holy One inside of me was rising up with all of healing scriptures and who he is to me and in me and what he has purchased for me. And all that was rising up. And I'm telling you something. I came into another place of glory, from glory to glory, to know how great and wonderful he is. Faithful and true. But I can't tell you how to get there. I can't give you three steps, five steps. I can't do that. Each one was created to have an individual, personal relationship with him. And in your journeys and things that you face in life, he wants to reveal himself even in a more intimate, closer, and deeper way that you've never experienced him ever in that way before, even in a dark time before. And you think, well, I know him in that dark time. No, there's more to know of him. And I came into that place where the compassion for others increased in me because his compassion for me never failed. And when I see the sick, I hurt. And I want to take care of it. We are so quick to just move so fast anymore. That's what I'm saying. It's like everything is so fast and keep up with the program and keep up what the world is doing and what everything is dictating to you. And we got to do this and we got to do that and we got to keep moving. We got slow down because you're missing out on the fellowship with the Holy One inside of you. Amen. And what happened to me, God didn't do. God didn't cause it. But, oh, boy, he sure took advantage of it because I let him. I let him. And I knew it was a season. And I'm still in that season. But I'm enjoying every bit of it because there's things being revealed to me that I can't put to words because in this season, when he begins to reveal, it's just tears. When I hear certain songs, it's just tears. Grace, your season, all of us, we didn't know. We had no clue. And it just happens. It just happens. Let's go to Judges.
I asked the Lord, I told him this, and I was praying this morning, and he knows me. I can put things together. And I have them. Hey, look, guys, I got notes. You know, I don't even have my post-its. I got notes up here and all. But pondering. You can have all the notes you want. Teaching, if you're a teacher, got lots of notes. But if you don't ponder on the word, you're not going to receive the revelation. Pondering on the word is so important. You know, the Holy Ghost isn't looking at us and living in us with pressuring us on how fast we read through the word and how fast we get through this and how quick we do this and how quick. He's not doing that. He's probably trying to say, slow down a little bit here. Or he might be saying, hey, get in there. You know, get in this room here. What room? In the book of Judges. That's a room. There's a revelation in there for you. And for somebody else, it might be 1 John chapter 3. Get in there, in that room. I have a revelation for you. I'm seated, seated there. I have a, two chairs there for you and me in this room. And I want to teach you some things. I want to reveal some things to you. But if you just read it just to read it, you're not going to hear me. You're in the room by yourself then. And you didn't invite him. That's good. Did you get that, guys? I got that, too. Thank you, Lord. I eat, too. So go in the rooms, guys. Go in them. The rooms are the word of God. People want to go into the places of glory, but you can't get into these places of glory unless you have a revelation of these places of glory. Prayer in the word, worship in the word is so important. Okay, let's get to Judges, okay? I want to say this to you also. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, my people perish. My vision is more clear as I am in the word and in fellowship with him over his word. He comes in to dine with me. What is he going to dine with me about? His word, because he is the word that dwelt among us. Isn't that what the word of God says? So the word of God is him himself. Amen. So do you get the point when I'm, what's coming across, what Holy Spirit is saying to all of us? We can't separate ourselves from the word. Okay? So where there is no vision, my people perish. There is a vision that was given to Samson. And the vision started actually being given to his mother. And in, let me, I want to read this part.
And the Israelites, again, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. This is uh, Judges chapter 13, verse 1. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the tribe of the uh, Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord... Now, we know that whenever we see in the Old Testament, when there is a statement in there referring to the angel of the Lord, that is an epiphany. Theophany, I'm sorry, I'm saying epiphany. Yeah, it's an epiphany too. (laughs) But a theophany, and what that is, it's the appearance of Christ before his incarnation. And when you study it in the Hebrew, it is a person of the Godhead. So it's called being manifested. Remember this, the Jews didn't even want to pronounce his name. They didn't really understand and know that there was a trinity. And they were kind of kept in the dark about some of those things. Amen? Light came when Jesus came on the earth, and Jesus began to speak about who us was in Genesis. Let us make man in our image, not angels and God. It was Elohim, plural God, plural majesty. So here is the angel of the Lord that appeared to the woman, and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have no children, but you shall become pregnant and bear a son. This is what Jesus, the Christ, is saying to Samson's mom. Therefore, beware. In other words, listen up. I'm in the Amplified Bridge, if you can bump over there. Therefore, beware and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. Just to share this, just to say this with with you guys, I don't have the actual Hebrew word written down here, but the actual Hebrew of um, not to drink any uh, wine, that that word there, wine, is fruit. it is the juice of the fruit that didn't have the chance to be fermented. And that was the wine that Jesus created when he turned the water into wine at the Feast of Cana. Okay? People who love to drink wine and justify um, what they're doing, okay? And when I'm saying drinking wine, I'm, not, I'm saying they, they like to just drink and party, okay? Well, they always say that Jesus, and they claim this, you know, that Jesus made wine and, you know, for the party and all this, and, you know, they just had partied on, and that's not true. And I used to always say, think about this, too. Even when I was first born again, I thought, why would Jesus create wine that would be fermented to intoxicate people because you end up falling in sin? A lot of times you do things that you shouldn't do you say things that you shouldn't say you can get hurt you know do crazy things 
climb up on a roof, fall off the roof, you know, stuff like that, right? So just so you know here, but this was the veil of a Nazarite. And anyone who took the veil of a Nazarite, this was part of the veil. So therefore, be careful not to drink any wine or any intoxicating wine and do not eat any ceremonially unclean anything that was unclean, okay? Keep going. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son. No razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a Nazarite dedicated to God from birth, and he shall begin to rescue Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Okay. Um, Go down to verse 6 for a moment. Then the woman went and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God, very awesome. I did not ask him where he came from, and he did not tell me his name. Wow. He, she didn't even know who it was, you know. Um, do angels have names? Yes, they do have names, okay? Yeah, everyone has a name. You have a name, don't you? Yeah, okay. Angels were created be- before, and they were very important. They all have a purpose. Amen? Amen. But this angel had a different name. All right? Um, go to verse 7, please, Ridge. But he said to me, Behold, you shall become pregnant and bear a son, and now drink and now drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from birth to the day of his death. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O Lord, let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we shall do with the child that shall be born. I think I would probably do the thing, like the same thing. Can you give me some instructions on how to raise him? Like this, this, Like, this is really like... I wasn't expecting this. All of a sudden, I was just going on doing the same old, same old this day, and all of a sudden, here is the angel of the Lord. And it says, actually, in the Hebrew, he was awesome and fearsome in sight. He was a little bit different than some other angels because he was God who came to them. Amen? (laughs) Yeah. So... I think that would shake me up a little bit, and I think I would be going before God and saying, can you give me a little bit of instructions here on what to do so I don't mess up here, you know, because I don't want to mess up. Amen? All right. So God is now once again getting a hold of Israel's attention through a miraculous birth because she was barren and couldn't have children. Amen? And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman, and she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And a woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah rose and went after his wife and came to the man, capital M, and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. I am that I am. And 
And Manoah said, now, when your words come true, how shall we manage the child? And what is he to do? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the mother beware of all that I told her. The instructions were given to the mom. She may, she may not eat of anything that comes from the grapevine. Now, this is a vow to the Nazarite. She was not a Nazarite, but the one she was carrying in her womb was a Nazarite. But anything that she would consume would go into his system, be processed, and he would also taste of that. So she had to separate herself through this time also. So everything that was told, uh, was given to a Nazarite, she could not partake of. Amen? I want to do this right here. I want to um, go over, take, take your Bible, stick, it, stick something in your page there. I just throw a tissue in there. Whatever you got. So we'll go back to Judges. But let's go to Romans chapter 12. I want us to see something. to see what Paul was pleading with the church in Rome. Now, you got to remember, you know, to do it the way of Rome wasn't too cool, wasn't very clean all the time. So there might have been some ways of the Roman way still in the church, okay, Paul came as an apostle to set the foundation of the teachings of Christ in the church. He was there to establish. He was there to lay that foundation. That is part of the apostolic, to lay the foundation. And in that, he comes in. And if you read, listen, just so you guys remember this, I believe it's uh, March 26 or 27, that movie is coming out, Paul the Apostle of Christ. I believe that's it. Jim Caviezel is in it. He's the one who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. You guys all know that. And he plays the part of Luke. Now, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, Luke himself wrote, but he was writing it to Theophilus. Okay, so that gospel was written to Theophilus to give him an, an account of Jesus. And then in Acts, he continues on. He said, I wrote to you before, but now I'm going to continue on and write. Because he hung around Luke or around Paul. Luke hung around Paul, and he went on the journey with him in many, many places. And the things that he was scribing down from Paul was so very important. Okay. And so here we are in Romans, and Paul is saying to the church of Rome, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren. Oh. Now, I 
I've always read the scriptures this way. I, you know, we're saying chapter 12, but I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, what, what therefore? Therefore, because of what he said in Romans 11. So I, I had always had a way that when I read the word of God, I read it as though I was reading a letter from, that was sent to me from Paul, and there was no verses and no chapters in it. Verses and chapters were put in there so that man, in studying and teaching the word, we could find the address. Points of references, okay? So when you read the word, have fun with reading the word, all right? Put yourself in, in that place, in that time, and, and, and feel it. Like I've said, I was just talking to Michelle last week, and you guys know this, how I've said this to you. I, when I've read the word, I put myself in there. The Holy Spirit helps me where I can feel it, smell it. I can smell the dirt. For some reason, I can actually smell the dirt. I, I feel like I just got time warped or something. I went back in time. And it's like all these things begin to happen. And it's like I can hear the clattering of noise behind. I can hear the silence of things. I can feel the awesomeness and the all of it. Because I don't rush through it. So I can get a lot of knowledge of the word, but have no understanding. Do you get what I'm saying? Every person is different, and the way God created you is the way you've got to live out and journey through this word. But journey through it. Go into your room, wherever it is. Okay? I don't go into a particular room. Now, again, a room is a book of the Bible. I don't go into a particular room because somebody else is in there, and they're getting revelation out of it, and I feel like I'm missing out on that revelation, so I go into it. I go into the room that the Holy Ghost wants me to go in because he's got that chair sitting there, and he's got a table sitting there, and Jesus wants to reveal some things to me, and he wants to sup with me and dine with me, and he wants to talk to me about some real intimate things there. And see, with Samson, I'm just going to get over here now. Thank you, Lord. With Samson, he started to lose some things. He started to lose his spiritual eyesight because he had a weakness, and weakness was women. There were three women in, in Samson's life, not his mom, because his mom was to give him instructions. His mom and dad, he saw women that were part of the Philistines. And the Bible tells us, keep that up there. The Bible tells us not to, um, uh, do you be, thank you, be unequally yoked. That's clear instructions. No, don't be unequally, unequally yoked is given by Paul. So here he is, and his mom and his dad said, why do you go to the Philistines? Why don't you look for a wife from within the Jewish nation? Because over there is all pagan worship. Over there is other gods. Over there is sacrificing to the gods. Over there is things that are unclean. Over there, you're going to get a little bit messed up and confused. Over there, you're going to start compromising over there. Amen? Amen. 
So it's the same thing with us. Don't be unequally yoked. Don't be hanging out with somebody and be buddy, 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 buddies with somebody that is going to influence your life and it's going to cause you to be weaker and lose your spiritual eyesight. Amen? So Samson, even though he was a Nazarite, and his hair, part of the Nazarite vow is to never cut your hair, never shave your hair. Okay, now don't start growing your hair because, you know, you feel that's what you have to do. You've already been set apart by Christ. Amen. All right? My husband's still trying to grow his. And so anyway, but, but, but he's a set apart. <laughs> but anyway... Here's Samson that tells his mom and dad to go to the Philistines and go get this woman that I saw because I really like her. (laughs) She's a fox. She appeals to me. What did he start to compromise? His vow. His eyesight started changing. Lust entered in. It wasn't love. It was lust for the world. And every time he got hooked up with one of these Philistine women, he got in trouble. But God knew, knew it, and God used it. Because he was trying to arouse the anger, even though with his boo-boos and his mistakes... He still used it to arouse the anger of the Philistines so that God could show his mighty strength through Samson. And Samson is where I believe the church is, or the church is where Samson is in compromising the word of God. I'm telling you, everybody, we got to get out of the world and get out of our thinking. And I know when you're in the workplace, and it's things that you just hear all day long, you spend more time in the workplace than what you do at home, awake. Amen? And that's the truth. And it can be tough at times, but you have the Holy One on the inside of you. And see, when you're not in the word, then you're separated from the word. And the word is what is going to keep you, not in fear, not legally, because it's, from, it's a heart-to-heart thing. It's a love relationship. Religion is what bounds you to, to legalism. But relationship sets you free. And like I said to you it, it, a little bit earlier, your journey's going to have some hiccups. It's going to have some bumps and mistakes in it. And that's okay with the Lord. Even though Samson messed up and made blunders, God still loved him. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. There's nothing. So don't beat yourself up. Because when you beat yourself up, that just keeps you. You're condemning yourself. And when you condemn yourself, it keeps you separated from God. 
And so Samson, he went on, and I want to get to the place of Delilah. Would you guys like that? You know what? Let me read this to you. Hang in there, guys. I know what I'm doing. I think. I want to read this to you so I can just move on because if you if you haven't read Judges, how many have read Judges, the book of Judges? Yeah. Um, how many know about Samson in the Bible? You know some things about him or you've read about him? These are some of the exploits of Samson. He killed a lion with his own bare hands. That's pretty powerful because a lion is a very fierce, fierce animal, and he had no weapon. He did it with his bare hands. Why? Because in Judges, it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. The spirit of might came upon him. So everything that I'm reading to you is not something that he could do within himself. They didn't, you know what? They had a one-man army in Israel, and his name was Samson. Samson could do it all, you know? Don't ever feel that you're ever alone because the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Ghost will get you through. The Holy Ghost will talk to you, tell you, lead you, guide you into all truth. That's what he's there for. But he killed a lion. That's chapter 14, verse 6. He slew 30 men because of a riddle. Okay. Chapter 14, verse 19. You guys got to read this. Start out with... um, chapter I believe it was oh where am I did I say 13 did we start 12 or 13 start out with verse 13 14 15 16 that's all you have to read do it tonight it's awesome and you'll understand why I say I thought it was the book of mafia not the book of judges the book of mafia you know and but God means business and you know what how about it you know don't touch my anointed you are God's anointed one and you got to know something. God is for you. And he's got your back covered. He's your rear guard because of the glory of God that surrounds you and covers you. You know? He's not just in front of you. He covers you. So, when you get tempted, when you get thoughts that are not from God, and you think that it's just your thought, like it just comes like it sounds like it's your thought, go do this, da, 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 da. it's not, unless it's the unrenewed part of your mind. But in him, we are renewing our mind daily, right? Okay, I never read that. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication to, of our bodies, presenting all your members. Say, all my members. What's my members? Hello? 
What's your members? Your brain, your mind, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your ears, everything, your hands, everything, everything about your body. Keep it pure. I want to say this. Keep it covered. Hello? Say hello. Hello? Hello? Okay, moms, the pressure's on for my girls to wear these skimpy little bathing suits. Hello? Keep them covered. Because there's Samsons out there that are going to might start lusting, even in the church. Hello? It's the truth. Not putting anyone down. It's just that people are not completely renewed in their mind yet. And guess what? I'm not either. And it's not going to stop with me until the day I see Jesus face to face. Amen? I still have areas to be renewed. I don't know what they are. I don't know. But the Holy Ghost will bring them up. He'll show me. He will. He does. He's faithful. And I love it because he said, be holy as I'm holy. And people go, that's too hard. No, it's not when you fellowship with the Holy Ghost. He takes that dirty, slimy words that you're speaking right out of you. He starts changing things. He says, get rid of this, get rid of that. I mean, last week I came out and I said, you know, even Star Wars, be careful what you put in front of your kids or give to your kids. Or was that Monday night? Doesn't matter. Know the root of it and where it's coming from. And trust me, when Star Wars first came out, because of what it was rooted in, demonic stuff, and what when that first came out, I already had my kids. I already bought them toys. I already got things for them. And the Lord said, eh. Because you know what? I started, the eh came on the inside, and I started doing research. And I couldn't justify it then. So that's why we never replaced Chewy. Wasn't yours anyway, I know. Our son Christian. No, I threw it out. He used to wet the bed a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna ride on him now, but he tells it. He puts it on he puts it on Facebook. He used to wet the bed a lot. And um, at different times, not a lot, and little Chewy would get wet on different times because he would just have it all tucked in by him if he loved Chewy. And we would try to wash Chewy, Chewbacca, and, and it was falling apart in the washing machine, and so eventually, but then God was going, eh, eh. And when you get that, listen, you better know. There's things that are on TV. There's movies that are coming. There's things, guys, please listen to me. Don't compromise with the word world. Don't do it. Trust God. Even though the pressure, the kids are trying. Here's another thing. Oh, glory to God. Kids are trying to tell the parents what to do. We see it all the time. There's no line drawn. You know, we drew a line for our kids. Do not touch. We had one that we called touch. Because everything we said don't touch, he touched all the time. Do not do this. There he was all the time. 
And you know what? I didn't reason with him. We introduced him to Mr. Spoon. And the Bible says that he who spares the rod, and it's talking about a reed. Study it, guys. He who spares the rod hates his son. In other words, you don't love him. You don't love him the way I love him. Because once I get a hold of him, and if he needs a spanking, I'm going to give it to him. That's God. In other words, I'm a loving God. But if you need that sting to go, to remind you that if you go back over there, oh, I'm going to get a sting. That's not good for me. Hello? Isn't Isn't that what it's for, discipline? Not in anger. No, if you're doing an anger, then back up. If you're angry, back up. There were times I got really angry, you know. I got upset because the kids were pushing me. Huh? Oh, Tim. Tim was, Tim, I looked at Tim. I had this cheap, like, little dollar wooden spoon, you know, and on it was written Tim, you know. And he was so... You just had to have one like him, and you know what I mean. I, I think that that word might have been the trauma. Maybe it was for me when I was raising him. I'm only kidding. But, but some of my neighbors actually would run in the house and go, like, Tim's let loose. And, and they would run it. They would actually run in the house and run away from him. My neighbor would, would take him to Cowtown once a week to give me a break and buy him a bag of peanuts there. Do you remember that? Uh, uh, yeah. But Tim would have, that little wooden spoon, if that was in sight, Tim was as good as gold. But when that little wooden spoon wasn't there, that little, this little tiny wooden spoon, oh man, it was like all hell broke loose. Tim was testing everything. And it was like, oh my gosh. And the ho- my whole world was like turned upside down and just, just like this. But there's a reason why he's saying this. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, let's, it, it's good for us to read this again, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. Oh, we didn't r- go into that. So when um, um, uh, Manoah and his wife, um, with the angel of the Lord there, they said, please wait so that we can get a goat, a kid goat, which is a delicacy, a kid goat, and we want to offer up a sacrifice, an offering, and for what you have said to us. Now, most of the time, angels would not receive that because they're not allowed to, okay, to receive any type of worship. But when they lit that fire and put that kid goat on there, this angel of the Lord, who was the Christ, went into the fire and immediately was ascended into heaven. Glory to God. And you know, when I was reading that, I thought, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was the sacrifice on the cross for us. And he said, I have to go and do this. I have to. See, it wasn't, it was so our sins could be forgiven so we could be, so we could be totally healed, but it was more than that. I have to go on this cross so that the Holy Ghost and fire can come on you. Why? To empower us. Because, see, you're like Nazarites. 
You're dedicated, consecrated, set apart. That's what it says. As a living, holy sacrifice, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here's Samson. He got clouded. His vision. Where there's no vision, my people perish. But see, God was still using Samson, even in his weakness. And God can do that with us at times. And so here he goes, and Samson just makes all these blunders. And when he meets up with Delilah, Delilah, Delilah is putting pressure on him, and he would cave in to these Philistine pagan women. And he would just cave in emotionally because they would hound him and hound him and hound him and want to know his secret. The Philistines wanted to know where he got his strength from. So he gave, him a, gave her a riddle about his hair. Finally, he caved in, and he gave the secret away. Jesus would never give his secret to the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they were trying to corner him. They couldn't corner him. He knew their thoughts before they even started talking. He knew their thoughts before they had a thought. And he wouldn't cave in to them, knowing that their plot was always to execute him and to kill him. So he wouldn't give that away. And I want to encourage you not to give the secret things of the Holy Ghost away to those that are just going to mock it. Don't do it. Be slower to speak with some things, not to try to impress people with the revelation knowledge that you have. I want to encourage you with this. Live out the revelation and the knowledge before you start sharing it. Live it out. Let it be demonstrated. We're so quick. And the revelation comes through the fellowship in that room where there's two chairs and a table. And on that table is the delicacies. And the Holy Spirit is going to take each little piece and feed you. That's in that room. What room? Whatever book of the Bible that you're in. Samson's vision got clouded because he compromised with the world. Delilah was able to pull that secret out of him. He gave that secret over to the Philistines. And they grabbed him that night. And they cut his hair when he went to sleep, whether she drugged him to go to sleep or what. But he fell asleep and never felt them cutting his hair. And when she called him, and woke him up and said, the Philistines are here. The Philistines were here because he would run and he would do something in his mighty strength um, to, to just throw them off. And they were always puzzled. But this time, it says God had left him. Why? He gave his anointing away. We all have received the anointed one. We all have received an anointing. But he gave his anointing away. Don't give your anointing away to the world. Don't give it away to the world. Don't compromise the anointing. 
And Samson did this. And what they did was they grabbed him, they gouged his eyes out, they mocked him, made him a slave. And then time came. They didn't recognize what was going on with Samson. Samson, during this time, started to have a revival. God loved Samson. And even when he messed up, gouged out those physical eyes so he could be in a place, even in the darkest hour, our spiritual eyes were enlightened. And he gave him spiritual vision again of who he was and what God called him to. And during his dark hours where he couldn't see, and all he heard was mocking and people jarring at him and doing things to him all the time because he killed thousands of Philistines and did things because that, that, that's how God used him. And they tortured him. And so in his dark hours, things started to become brighter and brighter. It's probably a brightness that he never experienced before. And sometimes God brings us into these places don't gouge your eyes out, guys. We know one person that tried to do that, literally. And it's like, don't do that. Don't do that. There's a spiritual application here. And God wants the church's eyes to become more brighter. And it's only going to become brighter by going into the room. Revival. Revive us, oh God. And so here he is, through this time, his hair started growing back. The Nazarite vow was restored once again in him. And in it all, when they started to have a big party to worship their God, Dagon, and make sacrifices and do all this stuff, they said they had an idea. Let's go get Samson. Bring him up. We want to make sport of him. <coughs> Little did they know <coughs> that revival. Was taking place in Samson's heart. Little did they know that his hair grew back. Now, I want to say this. His strength wasn't in the hair. It was in the veil that a Nazarite would never cut his hair again. And for some reason, they became short-sighted of that. They thought his strength was in his hair. No, the strength was in the veil. The long hair was just a symbol that he was a Nazarite. When he walked around with long hair, you knew he was a Nazarite. Amen? So that's where the veil was. Our veil is right here with the word of God. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in the mercy of God, all our members. <coughs> Amen? Samson 
came up into that huge house with about 3,000 people there. All the princes, prince, princess, plural, okay? Leaders, rulers, dignitaries, they were all there. They were even sitting on the roof because they could look in. And they were even sitting on the roof. There was about 3,000. And they were just partying on. Now here comes mighty Samson. And they just thought, you know, God left him. We're going to have fun with this guy. We're going to make sport of him. And torture him and hurt him. See, I believe that's what the devil has been trying to do with the church. Make sport. But I'm going to tell you something. There is something that's rising up. There is a remnant, but God is moving because there is a praying church that's standing up and praying for revival. And God watches over his word to perform it. And I love that scripture in Isaiah 1.12 where it says, You have seen well, I am the Lord God Almighty. I am active and alert and I watch over my word to perform it, amplified version. And God is coming for a church that is glorious, without blemish. And there's something strong inside of his church. And it's a people of God that will not compromise whatsoever. And it's a people of great faith and understanding. Because when he comes back, he just threw that question out. That would always stay in front of us. When I come back, when is he coming back? Soon and very soon. And in our lifetime. It could be in our very lifetime. It could be next year. It could be tomorrow. It could be any time, Val. We are in the place of his coming back, his return. And he is going to do what he said he is going to do and purposed and willed with his church. And we are going to do mighty exploits. You know why? Because we were in the room. We're in the room with him right now. We're in the room with him right now. Because he's he's imparting to every one of you understanding and knowledge and revelation and giving you things and speaking to you. And there's something that's stirring on the inside of you. There's something that's hungering for something more with him. There's something that's going on inside of every single one of you. And God, it's the Holy Ghost inside of you that's putting his finger in there. And he said, I am blowing on the flame and my finger is red hot fire. And I am stirring everything within you. And my anointing is stirred up within you. And I'm going to stir my church up. And it's not going to be a church that compromises whatsoever. But I am coming back for the glorious church. I am coming back for a bride. I am coming back for a church that is standing and bringing the kingdom of God and establishing my kingdom. Because we're not of the kingdom of the world anymore. No, we're of the kingdom of the most high God, the living God, the eternal one. Amen? Amen. And that's who we are, church. And that's what God is doing. And so what it took, it takes faith. When I come back, will I find faith on the earth? You betcha he will. I don't care how many, it's going to be a whole bunch of us. 
I know that. I know it's a glorious church, and I know my God is awesome and powerful, and when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And he backs up his word. He backs it up. So what you're ever standing on and confessing from the word of God, you better know something. you got somebody backing it up. When some of my kids were out there and, and doing their thing and raising hell and whatever else they were trying to do them all, you know what? We stood on the word of God. Was it painful to watch? Yes, of course it is. But you know what? I had the word to stand on. And I knew when I felt like I did everything that I could do, when there was nothing more for me to do except to stand and stand firm on his promises, I knew that God took over then. And it's better to have God on your side. Amen? I'm going to close up and end, guys. After they gouged out his eyes, the church's eyes had been dimmed because of the compromise. After Samson's eyes were gouged out, he came into a place, and the church is in this place, I believe, now, where he started to see things clearer, what he started to recognize and see what his veil really was, what God really intended, how merciful and how loving God was. Even though his spirit departed from him, and back then his spirit didn't live in them, it would come upon them. So Samson, whatever he did is when the might of God, the spirit of God came upon him. But God left him. He renewed his vows and had a revival. When he was brought into that big house, there were two columns. And he put them between the two columns. And they're all drunk and partying and yeah let's see Samson let's see what he can do and who knows what they were saying and calling out and cursing and all kinds of things but it says he did this in faith because from the time he gave his anointing over and gave it up he never felt God again and by faith he stood between those two columns that held that house up. And he bowed himself low. He humbled himself before God. And that's where the church is coming to. It's not my strength. It's not Albert. I have nothing in my strength to give to anybody. But it's in the strength of my almighty God. And he bowed himself before God. And it was like, one more time, Lord. One more time. But this time, I want to die with the Philistines. And he pushed because of the revelation he received. He held on to that. All the while, in his darkest hours, God was speaking to him. He wasn't a loser. Never, never. God was going to complete his calling and his mission. Amen.
and he was going to reveal who he was through Samson once again. And when he stood between those columns and bowed himself before God and prayed and asked that God would allow him to have vengeance on the Philistines again that, and asked him if he would, could die there and push those columns, everything crumbled and fell and 3,000 were killed that day. The enemy is defeated, church. Amen. And God wants the enemy under our feet. And if there's a time and an hour that we live in, it's now for the church to get serious. I'm not saying don't enjoy God. So when I say this, okay, enjoy life. Enjoy who God made. Enjoy yourself. Stop beating yourselves up. Stop expecting more out of yourself that God didn't do in you yet. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't do the work of the Holy Ghost in you. Only the Holy Ghost can, but you can yield to him. Amen? I believe that in the book of Acts, where Peter said, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of, is the same thing that happened with Samson. And we can say, we can look at ourselves and say, this was that. But revival came to me. Amen? Because my God loves me. And guess what? The Philistines are going under. The anointing of God is going to be stirred back in us to walk a holy life, to do exploits. God is going out of here. He's taking us out of here in a blast. In other words, there's going to be powerful things happening before he comes. And we go to be with him. Soon and very soon see the king. Soon and very soon Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus is walking among us. Jesus in you wants to walk among others. Let's get the prison doors open, church. Chains off of people. The anointing breaks yokes. 
when you're anointed of God. My heart to you today, and I believe the heart of God to you today, is to encourage you to walk in that fresh fire. And if you walk in the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost, you'll live out Romans 12.1. I know it. Empowered. Moms, dads, don't let your children dictate to you anymore. Draw the line. If anybody should be dictating, it should be you to the children. Don't compromise. Your no is no, your yes is yes. And it's better to teach them when they're young, very young, like that age. No, no. And teach them how to listen. Because if we don't and we compromise in that way and we're not firm with them, listen, I'm a parent. I wasn't a friend. I was a parent. I had to train them up. I was a trainer. Did I cry? You know I heard that you heard me say this. Did I cry at night because I felt like a real brute? Yeah, I did sometimes. Because I wanted them to love me. And I didn't feel like they loved me. But I was training. And moms, most of you, you're called to be trainers. Dads are out there working, providing. You gotta train them. So don't be so soft and pass this on to your friends. Stop being soft. But love them by training them so that they won't compromise with the world. My kids came to the place where they had to learn not to compromise with the world. And now they're bringing their children up in the ways of the Lord. Amen? And sometimes we walked in their house and some things that they said to them, we went, whoo, you're really strict. We thought they were stricter than us. And I know I was. When I drew the line, I drew the line. Don't cross that line, man. Don't do it. But I'm looking at them and just going, whoa, back up a little bit, guys. You know, just a little bit. But they have fun with their kids. So I want you all to stand. Did you get something out of this? Strength is in the veil. You know, when, here's another thing, one more thing, and I'll close with this. I never did. I go to pick it up, and I didn't drink it. Mm. Strength is in the veil. That's good, hon. When you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others, just don't tell them Jesus loves them and then pray. Say, you know, you can, re you can receive Jesus because Jesus loves you, and, and just tell them to... Um, um, ask Jesus to come into, his into your heart and he'll come in and he'll stay there with you and you'll get born again. Now, tell them to repent like Jesus said. Jesus even said repent. Have a change of heart. Billy Graham is with the Lord now and there's probably a great celebration, but one thing he always said was to repent. 
Ask God to forgive you of your sins. Nail it on the head because everybody has to recognize that they're a sinner. You know, I did. See, that's why the Lord came after me because I thought I was very righteous, self-righteous. Nail it on the head so that they can go through the cross. Otherwise, you're just taking them on a different journey. You're not leading them to the cross and what the cross represented. Preach the full gospel. Don't compromise the gospel. Tell people the truth. Not half truth because that's lying. Amen? There are times where you're sowing seeds with people where I just tell them, Jesus really loves you. And he cares about you and he knows you. But I know it's not time to reap that harvest, okay? Because I know my responses, and I know the Holy Ghost, and I know how he's leading. And I am all there to say, come on, let's pull it in, Lord. Let's pull this one in. Let's do it, you know. But I'm not getting that leadership. And I can tell, and then the person just kind of backs up and says, well, thank you. I know, you know. And I just look at him and say, no, really, I want to tell you again. Because I want to drill it home with them. That's the way I am. That's me. Jesus really loves you. And I wouldn't say that to you unless the Holy Spirit stopped me to say this to you. And they just look and they go, well, thank you. Then I leave and I go, and then I do this. Here's my next step. Holy Spirit, send somebody else to water that and bring the harvest in. It wasn't just that. Like, just let it go. There's always continual prayer. Amen? Glory to God. So, we are all have been like a Samson at times, okay? But things are changing because we have spiritual insight and it's getting brighter and brighter because we're in the room. We are. And being in that room, guess what's happening? Faith is increasing. And when Jesus comes back, he will find faith on this earth. Because the church is being revived back into faith so we can do the works of Jesus. Amen? And greater works will we do. What does that word greater in the original Greek mean? It doesn't mean more outstanding than what Jesus did because we haven't even done some of the things, maybe even not even one of the things that Jesus has already done. Some of us, I know I've been endeavoring to do whatever. I'm still not walking on the water yet, though. But there's no purpose for me to walk on that water. I got to have a purpose in it. Do you get what I'm saying? And so, like Samson, who looked like he really messed up, but he got revived and forgiven and restored into his original vision that God had for him. And then in that, so are we. And Samson's name is written in the great hall of fame, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, as one, as a mighty man of faith. Why? Because he put faith back in the vision and in the veil. 
He put faith in back into what he was called to do. He put faith back in, even in the darkest hour, that God would once again come upon him with his mighty strength and kill the enemy. That took faith. He did not feel God. Hello? He did not feel God. Hello? I love feeling the presence of God. I'm one who loves to feel the presence of God. But I don't walk my walk with him based on feeling God. It's based on faith in his word, who he is. He's a living God. He comes alive to me in that word. My faith is based on that. And so when Samson was between those two pillars, he stood there between those two pillars with just faith that God, the spirit of God would come upon me once again when I bow down and I humble myself before the Lord. And I say, Lord, once again, will you do this? Knowing his life would be ended. That's why his name was written in the hall of fame of faith. Get it, guys? All things are possible to those that believe. All things. Say all things. Hello. I just woke up. Hello. I woke up and into some new things. Amen. Glory to God. Why don't you pray and close it out? Hallelujah. Yes. Let's pray. Let's pray over this word. Lay your hands on your heart. Lord, we believe that we receive an impartation of truth today, that the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Lord, as this parallel was preached and given, that Lord, truly, in many ways, different ways for every one of us, that the things of the kingdom have gotten strangely dim because the world was dictating and speaking and trying to rule and reign in our life. We lost some, we lost some of our place of rulership and governing. But today I believe it's restored, that your strength for Samson was in the vow. And as, you re- as he renewed his vow, your strength without natural eyes, but seeing as Carol preached in the spirit. Holy Spirit, empower us to see the reality of who we are because of whose we are. That every one of us are anointed and have an anointing. And Lord, that we will not compromise that anointing anymore. We make a choice today to choose life and to be fruitful and to multiply. Hallelujah. And Father, that thank you that the strength is in the vow. Renew and rekindle in each one of us the vow we made to give you all of our life, all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our minds, all of our body to you. In the name of Jesus, we say, let, if you would agree with me today, say, flesh, in the name of Jesus Christ, from this moment forward, you will not pull me astray. But you will serve the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I take authority over all the appetites of the flesh. And I command my body and my senses 
to obey the Word of God, to line up with the anointing, that my life will from this moment forward glorify God in both words and actions. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. <clears throat> yes, Lord. Hallelujah. One last thing. Uh, it, well, Papa Joe Jordan is having an operation tomorrow in uh, Oklahoma. And uh, I just want us to agree for it. It's a five-hour operation. He's older in years. He's had several different heart uh, treatments, stents, and different things. But grab your neighbor's hand, if you would, please. Uh, I told him that we would pray. And uh, please, if, as the Holy Spirit reminds you, please, if you could, prioritize this, that and this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Joe Jordan and for Barbara, Father. We thank you for your precious love, your grace, and your anointing, and your presence in his life upon his ministry. Lord, as he goes through this procedure, we believe you. That your divine hands upon his life, that your angels are stationed around him. They encamp around those who love you. Hallelujah. And, Father, that the ministry of all faith ministry will continue, that he'll come through this in flying color. No complications, Lord. Lord, give him length of days. Continue to give him life, Father, as he has sowed and is still sowing into people's lives, into leaders all over the world. Thank you for the blessing he has been in our lives and still continues to be with fruit abounding for your glory and for our joy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we speak to his heart and say, heart, behold, in the name of Jesus Christ, guide the doctor's hands, all the instruments, Lord, no infection, that there be absolutely just great success and victory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a praise offering. Greet somebody and bless them as they go.